sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. We are on season two. We made it the entire way through season one without getting canceled, and we are back for season two. As always, with me, Mr. Matt Ridgeway, my co-driver. Matt, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty tired. Uh, today is my first day off, and I think seven or eight days or something like that so it's i don't have a weekend anymore it's kind of like get a day off whenever you can and because the beginning of the season coincides with five days in daytona and three weeks out west there's a lot more to get done than time available to do it so it's a bit of a grind right from the start um so it's already kind of wearing down on me but um that's that's just par for the course for how the season starts so uh, I'm going to enjoy my one day off and then get ready to fly to California tomorrow. Yeah, so as a lot of our loyal listeners know, Matt Ridgway works for Stuart Haas Racing uh, with NASCAR. Was in the aero department last year, correct? Yeah, finish fab department, but I did the duct work and the noses. So kind of aero was kind of the main focus of that. So, yeah. And, and this year, you're now with the road crew. You're, you're going from track to track. Now, what specifically are you doing on the Stuart Haas cars uh, to get them to win on Sundays? Well, take cars and make that singular because now it's only one. That's right. Uh, you're just with Ryan Priest. That's right. Yeah, I am I am a member of the 41 crew. Uh, I am the tire specialist right now, which basically means every between the time we show up at the track, we have tires allotted to our race car from Goodyear. I go get those tires for the entire weekend. I prep them, I organize them, I set them in orders, I make sure they're good to go, I set all their pressures. Basically right up until the pit crew touches them to put them on the car, they're my responsibility, which is a lot more than than I, it entails a lot more than I could sit here and describe to you. It's a lot of work, especially in a weekend like the clash wasn't so bad. I think we had five sets of tires, so like 20 total tires. Uh, this weekend, I think at Fontana, because the uh, the track surface is a cheese grater, um, I think we have like 18 sets of tires or some ridiculously large number like that. Good Lord. So 18 <laughs> times four, it's too early to do math, but that's how many tires that I have to, I'm responsible for this morning. It's at least, it's at least six. Yeah, it's at least definitely at least six, probably at least eight, because that's two of my 15 sets or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it it is a full time job in and of itself. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of um, organization, though, like it, the more organized and detailed you are as a person, the better you're going to succeed at that, because we're talking uh, millimeter difference in rollout, which is the the basically the roundness of the tire but the, all those millimeters matter and i have to find mix and match the closest uh measurements that i can like basically we want everything to be the same as close as we can get but you're handicapped by once you've already allotted this tire to something maybe you need that tire somewhere else but you've already used it in a closer match now you have to find the next best option so it's it's a lot of details but that's kind of right up my alley so um so far, I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, that that promotion happened um, right before Christmas break. Uh, the 41 car chief came and found me in the finish fab department and asked me if there there was more than one position open on the 41 at the time, and if I would be interested in, in joining the 41 car. It had already been announced at that point that Ryan Priest was the driver, uh, which, gonna be honest, had a lot to do with me saying yes. Um, and it kind of like how it they hired a guy who had already had there was a mechanic spot open to i didn't really know what my role was going to be at the time um but but it kind of the way it shook out is that i i got the tire specialist spot which i didn't really care i was just excited to be part of the team um to move just just something new you know not that i was upset being a fabricator i still enjoyed what i did 
Um, but but this opportunity kind of fell in my lap, and I'm not the one to um, watch an opportunity go by. So I said yes, and, and they made it happen, and now I'm traveling with the 41 team. Well, that that's awesome. I actually have a couple of follow-up questions. So. You, so if you are allotted 10 sets of tires at the track, yep. what was that? That's 40 tires. Yep. Do you just get all 40 and make your own group of four? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. I thought so, I thought NASCAR gave you sets and they were like, these four have to stay together and these four have to stay together nope. and these four have to stay. Okay. So you can you can do whatever you want with your tires. Yeah. So the only the only handicap I have there in the 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 total allotment of, of those forty tires, twenty will be lefts and twenty will will be rights. And I can make them that's the only that's the only place I'm restricted is that right sides can't go on the left side and left sides can't go on the right. There is a there is a difference in rights and lefts. Front to back I can do whatever I want. So I can okay. organize 20 of those lefts, I can have set one left rear, I can have set six front rear, and those came from the same stack. So, I mean, front rear. Front rear is not a, a word. I'm, I'm speaking faster than my brain can process this morning. The front rear was those tires that the Terrell F1 cars had back in the <laughs> 90s. Those were the front rears. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I can swap. When, when I get a tire from Goodyear, it says left 41 or right 41. And whether it's a right front or a right rear or a left front or a left rear is up to me and my measurements and whatever I want to do with it. Um, so yeah, of the 40 tires I get in my 10 sets, uh, I will make 10 stacks of four on my own uh, out of those 20 lefts and 20 rights. Okay, cool. And, and I know we see this in F1, and I think they do it in NASCAR too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you when you pull a tire off of a car that's done certain laps or whatever, they take the torch and like it looks like a putty knife and and, yep. and, and burn the rubber and scrape it to see what the degrade is and all that. That's, Y'all do that in NASCAR as well, right? Yes, we do. Yep. Yep. Now, do you, I'm assuming you do not do that with the rain tires because of the grooves, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, how do y'all how do y'all measure uh, a, a groove degradation or a tire degradation on the rain tires? Uh, we don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, if, I guess if it doesn't really do, matter because it's raining. Yeah, if we do, I haven't got that far yet. I mean, basically, when it's those tires don't really wear is my yeah. understanding. I haven't dealt with this yet. Um, so rain tires don't really wear; they hold up really well. Uh, as long as like when the tracks wet they don't wear and when the tracks dry they start wearing really fast but at that point it doesn't matter because you're losing time you want to get off those treaded tires as fast as humanly possible so it's not really going to matter about how much it's wearing because we'll know the track is dry and we're losing time and you're, you're if you're at that point you're not going back to rain tires so you don't really care how much it wears because the 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 idea behind getting wears is we know for our next set you know if we how fast we need to be changing once we're taking rain tires off presumably it's to go back to slicks and we don't really care what the rain tire wear is at that point because it's not transferable over to the the slicks information so ah that makes total sense yeah yeah, yeah. It, it it kind of negates itself to the point it doesn't matter for that but yes, we absolutely measure wear on slicks and how you do that to answer your other question is there's basically a indented nipple um, in the surface of the tire. I don't know how else this, it's, it's a, I mean, that's basically what it is. I don't, it's, it's an indented groove in a pattern on the side of the tire. And so all they're doing, that never goes anywhere. As the tire wears, there's just less of a hole basically. So I have a needle that I stick down in that hole and it tells me how far the hole goes down measured from the surface. So as the surface comes down, the needle doesn't have to travel as far into the hole. So the number I get will be a, a reduction from the previous number that I started with. So that's part of when I get all of my tires uh, from Goodyear at the beginning of the weekend, I have to measure the, the depth of every single one of those holes and write them down and put them in my scanner so that when I do that after a pit stop i have a number to relate to uh, a beginning number an out number and an in number uh to subtract the difference and see how much we're wearing oh that's awesome man i didn't i didn't know that with the hole and, and stuff like that and i i saw yeah uh this weekend that i believe nascar has selected 
certain oval tracks that they'll be running rain tires on and, and they'll, uh, the cars will be fitted for a windshield wiper and only put on if it's raining right yeah so part of the um that got kind of carried away uh as nascar teams will do with their own ingenuity is any track that is a road course um we so the rule was if you have the ability to race in the rain which was just road courses last year you can run a windshield wiper well, teams figured out, I think it was Gibbs or Hendrick back in, I don't know, maybe 12, 13, realized by running a windshield wiper, you could, at a certain direction, you could get an arrow deflection in the in the in where you wanted it. So it started at like Sonoma when all the Joe Gibbs cars, it's like 99 degrees in the middle of summer in the desert in California, and all the Joe Gibbs cars show up with windshield wipers. Just in case, and, just in case yeah. a freak reach out happens. <laughs> and, and so somebody actually asked um, Kyle Bush that on Twitter, like why do all your cars have uh, windshield wipers on them in the desert? And he, and he responded with chance of rain. And, there, and the weather forecast was zero. Like it was, there was less than zero percent chance of rain. Those pop-up uh, showers are hell, man. Yeah, and so everybody quickly figured out what they were doing, and then windshield wipers started becoming not just windshield wipers. They basically became a spoiler on the windshield with a windshield <laughs> wiper under them. We had this 3D printed madness. Go back and look last year at like road courses. The the windshield wipers just look massive. Uh, and so NASCAR put a stop to that and said, unless it's raining and we put on rain tires, we're not running windshield wipers, which that was a good move by NASCAR. It was Makes getting sense. it was getting out of hand. The uh, windshield we wipers, we're going to start having wings yeah, on them. We, we would have started to look like sprint cars running around like with those giant, massive uh, <laughs> fins. Like, um, But yeah, basically it, we found a way to direct air away from the spoiler by sending it over the top of the car at an angle where it didn't come back down on the on the uh, spoiler. Um, so that's the deal with that. And NASCAR has allotted rain tires for short tracks this year. Uh, basically your flat short tracks where we're not running at a high speed. Uh, so like your Phoenix, your Richmond, New Hampshire, Martinsville. But those North, are going to North Wilkesboro. You think North Wilkesboro might be included in that, or you think that's going to be too, too fast? Probably, yeah, probably. But man, I think NASCAR really hopes that that those two things, North, the return of North Wilkesboro and rain, don't don't clash on the same weekend. I, I, um, I am so hyped about that return. I, I know we're t I know we got to talk about Daytona this week, but I, I am so excited about North Wilkesboro return. That was my first NASCAR race. Was at North Wilkesboro when I was, was a little it? kid. Yeah. Yeah, and to see that return to the track, like that, that that makes me feel like I'm I'm five years old again. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that too. Just I get I get to be part of opening that track back up. I know, That's like, so cool, dude. I know the cars tour. I know there's been racing there already, and there to a degree there kind of always has been. There was a couple years where the track was overgrown, but I mean, I think the truck series raced there as recently as like, no, I'm, I'm thinking of Rockingham. Yeah, I, was about to say, I mean, like the premier racing yeah. in North America like hasn't the been there. Cup Series hasn't been there since I think 1994. Sounds right. I want to say, um, that, yeah, that would make sense because I was five, and that's when we were living up in North Carolina. Yeah, okay. yeah, it yeah. was 94. So, yeah. So I'm going to be part of the NASCAR Cup Series return to North Wilkesboro. I'm pretty excited about that. Like, um, there's lots of things I'm looking forward to this year. The Chicago street course. I love Chicago. I know everybody, I, about that. I know most of our audience is going to make their bulletproof vest jokes that, that got, I mean, started immediately as NASCAR announced they were going to Chicago and everybody wanted to start talking about everybody's going to get shot in Chicago. Like I, I get it. I'll make all your stupid jokes you want. I've been to Chicago. I've been to Wrigley field. Uh, I, I had a great time in the city. I've, at no point was I fearful of my safety. Uh, it's just like any other city in America. There maybe their crime rate is higher, but it you know population-wise, I don't know how it breaks down. I'm not getting into your stupid politics on this podcast. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to go to Chicago. I had a great time at Chicago. I'm ready. I've always wanted to go back since I was there, um, and I'm, I'm. I want to figure out a way to take Jess with me. I want her to see Chicago. Um, I'm just, I'm just excited. There's lots of things I'm excited about. Uh, 
but it, yeah, and you get to see everything firsthand this year at the track, yeah. going to the yeah. yeah, going to all these cities and everything. Which, which has its awesome. pros and cons. I, I want to say I saw about forty laps of green flag racing at Daytona, which we can talk about. But I, I am working during the race. My my primary responsibility is my job, not watching the race. So it it has its advantages and disadvantages, but it's part of an experience that you just can't you you don't get anywhere else so well funny enough you say you only saw about 40 laps of green flag racing while you were there uh the viewers at home also only got to see 40 laps of green flag racing because every about 30 seconds we stopped for another commercial break which I, was i heard that oh buddy it was it's a it's rough uh nascar is a rough sell i think for the majority of americans um, yeah it, it's not the most popular sport and the fact that they just packed crammed it with advertisements every 30 seconds dude it like i understand it's daytona it's the premier race you got to get the advertising i understand all that i understand it but you got to find up find out with better ways to add in advertising money rather than just destroying any type of flow the race was developing during green flag runs with commercials and commercials i hate the side-by-side -side stuff they did at daytona worse than just cutting to a commercial like i would rather you just cut away for two or three commercials instead of doing the stupid side-by-side -side crap where we hear the commercial but it's half picture and picture but yeah it, it, you know it, it is what it is let's, let's talk about daytona let's hit up the trucks first uh zane smith wins from a rain shortened craftsman truck series opener at daytona the reigning truck series champion zane smith led 17 of the 79 laps around daytona Matt, did you get to watch any of this? That That's sort of one of the things I want to like. How much of the Xfinity, how much of the Menards cards, how much of the truck series did you get to watch while you're at Daytona? Um, so not not very much. Uh, none of the races. The only race I saw from Daytona, I think the ARCA race started. The what? The ARCA race, the Menards cards. There we go. There it is. Started. Right there. The, the Menards cards. Um started their race while I was still at the Speedway um, but we were leaving uh, that we had Saturday morning practice final practice and once the garage was closed we were on our way um, I, I was on I actually watched the um, Menards cards race from a yacht in a marina uh, yeah. down in yes I was on I was I found myself on a yacht um, Ooh la la, Mr. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> it, it was, uh, I, I'm sitting on this boat with like a full staff of waiters and stuff and people like constantly asking me if I need things. And I'm just like, I don't know what, I don't belong here. One of these things is not like the other and it's me. I, <laughs> this boat costs more than my house. Like <laughs> sooner or later, these people are going to figure out that I'm a fraud. <laughs> And this I, guy doesn't belong here at I have, all. I have conned my way onto this boat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, somebody somebody on the 41 team uh, knows, I guess he owns like the waste management industry from like Connecticut or like, I mean, so this family is super wealthy and because that the, he was involved in racing at some point in time, somebody on the 41 team, they go way back. Uh, so... The does he does he own like waste like the waste management the company he, the waste company management? waste management i don't he so, may i mean so it was a yacht this is, I'm, I'm not kidding this was a yacht like a I'm yacht i'm gonna need yacht. you to become really good friends with this person and i'm gonna need tickets to the waste management open next year please <laughs> uh need uh need tickets to hold six you know what there was golf stuff everywhere like um so now that you say that that may be that may be even more credible like i didn't ask questions i just kept my mouth shut um but when they asked if i wanted a beer and i said i'd love a beer because i just you know it was a saturday afternoon we're watching the race on this tv on a yacht and then somebody asked me if i want a beer of course i want a beer I, uh, of it's, course it's afternoon in florida we're watching racing bring me a beer dang right uh, dude they brought me a stella so and i, <laughs> I I'll get I I enjoy a Stella. I'm, hey, it's free beer is free beer. Yeah, free beer is free beer. But but Stella, I'm thinking like I'm getting a Bud Light or a you know a Corona or something. No, they bring me a Stella, which is not the not the cheapest beer you can find. I mean, no, not that I'm surprised by that. I'm on a yacht. Um, what do you, do you think any NASCAR venues sell Stella for a beer no, option? No, I don't. <laughs> I, uh, 
Yeah, I I was way out of my league across the board, but that's where I watched the Arca race from. Um, and uh, so a part of a cool part of that is we got to talking, and because this guy's um, waste management, I don't, I don't, I'm not implying that that's the company. I don't know, but I know that he is some sort of like trash manager. He's the trash man. Uh, of he's the owner of the so. He, being up in the Northeast, he was involved in a lot of the oversight of the 9-11 Ground Zero cleanup. Wow. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, like, that, and and now, unfortunately, he's got some health problems breathing while, and I, I, you know, I didn't straight up ask him, but I suspect with how long he spent in the vicinity of the area, and knowing now what we didn't know then about the, the health effects of the people that were there, that we're going to suffer. Um, but, but it was cool to talk to him about just, you know, anytime that comes up, yeah, I am at least interested as, as a person of who loves history and has a lot of respect for it and takes an interest in that and has memories of the, of a major American event. Um, it was cool to talk to him about that. He had pictures of like the, you know, explain the process of cleaning up ground zero and how they went about that and where they moved what to, so it could be sorted and, it was just, it was a cool conversation while we were watching the Xfinity, or not, the Ark of Menards cards. Um, That's so a we can get experience back, for sure. That's pretty cool. We can get back to that conversation, but to answer your question of how much, I watched the end of the truck race from the hotel that night. Uh, I was falling asleep, sitting up, trying to stay awake for that thing. Uh, Xfinity, what was I doing for the Xfinity race? What day was that? Uh, Xfinity Saturday. race was Saturday. That was Saturday night. Saturday night, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, so I, okay. So that were you was on a, were you on a different super yacht Saturday no, night? No, no, no. Nope. I watched <laughs> that one from the hotel Saturday night too. I was on the phone with Jess, um, talking with her when that was going down. It was only the Menards cards I was on a yacht for. A yacht. That's amazing, yeah, dude. It doesn't. Is... It doesn't. I don't get tired of saying I was on a yacht. Jess is pretty mad that I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a yacht. I watched it from a yacht. That's just. I mean, I, I just, I just yeah. lucked into this thing, just at right time, right place. Somebody knew somebody, and I wound up on a yacht. But it was you, cool. You should have asked him if he was going to have a yacht for the Miami GP for the when F one comes down to Florida. Uh, if he was going to have. A, so have he a yacht is. Down there. He is no because way. they were talking about it. Yeah. So they were actually. They we were talking about their plans, and they are actually taking the yacht down to Fort Lauderdale yesterday. They were leaving Daytona and sailing it down to Fort Lauderdale, which I think is where they're primarily based out of. I think they brought it up for Daytona, for Daytona. and now they're going back down. And then, of course, they have like, and then they're going to the Keys next week. Um, so, you know, yacht things. Yeah, of beer. course. He's going to the Keys. I'm going to Temple, Georgia. Tomato, yeah. tomato, you know, same yeah. thing. Uh, just let him know when you see him next time. I'm free that weekend. The Miami GP is happening. Whatever weekend that is that, that that it's happening, I'm free that weekend. So yeah, they they uh, were talking about that. Um, the Miami GP. We're we're seeing if we could make schedules work out. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, back to the truck race. Uh, um, Smith won the season opener for the second straight year, having taken the lead for the final time on lap 65. Despite suffering minor damage and two multi-car wrecks, Tanner Gray was second when the race was stopped. Christian Eckes earned third place finish with Colby Howard and Grant Effinger completing the top five for Howard. It was his first career top five finish. 28 of the 36 trucks to start the race finished, which in my opinion seems a little high. That uh, is a pretty good clip for, yeah. I, I don't know if 28 cup cars finished the race. Uh, yeah. For those last couple of wrecks, I don't, I don't yeah, know. That's a, that's, that's, a good, that's a good question. I don't know. I would say, hmm. I would say it's going to be under, uh, 28. Think, Let me look. I think I'll take the under on 28. Maybe like, I mean, everybody's going to be scored, but how right. many cars cross the finish line running? Let's see. I don't, this, I'd put it down in the teens. 28. Let's see. 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23. Uh, you're close. 23, 23, 23 cars running. Yeah, 23 running out of 40. So yeah, the and how many of those were just driving their pile of crap back to like the start finish line to get oh, it? Oh, uh, uh, probably at least eight of them. I mean, fenders hanging off everywhere. Like. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there was only let's see, how mm. many? Let's see, only only seventeen 
completed all 212 laps. Yeah. There's, yeah. So that's what I'm. That's the number I'm looking for. That yep. I count that. That if you're running and ran 200 laps, 17. That's our number. Listen, BJ McLeod. Yeah. Was okay. running at the. It was running okay. at the end of the race. He did 204 laps. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Of yes. the 200 and how many there were. How many laps were there? 212, the longest Daytona okay. 500 on record. Yeah, I knew they said it was like the Daytona 529 or something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> seven, 17 technically running in the Cup Series, completed all 212. Uh, so Zane Smith wins the opening race again in the Truck Series, second year in a row. On the Xfinity Series, Douglasville's own Austin Hill wins the Xfinity Series opener uh, at Daytona after Sam Mayer spun on the roof of a Chevrolet on the backstretch of Daytona International Speedway. Uh, sparks flying everywhere. Austin Hill, Justin Allgaier, and uh, John Hunter Nemechek sat in their cars and waited for NASCAR to decide who was ahead first when that yellow light went on. I believe it was John Hunter Nemechek, I think, looked ahead to me, but he was below the yellow line and I think made the pass below the yellow line. I don't know if he was forced down there or not. Uh, but Austin Hill did get it. You know, they all parked right before the tri-oval, right before the start-finish line. And I don't remember who was commentating, but they made the joke. They said, this reminds me of the time in Ricky Bobby when uh, Ricky Bobby and uh, Jean Girard got out of their cars and were, like, running towards the start-finish line. They are like, maybe we should do this with the Xfinity Series. But Douglasville's own Austin Hill came out with the victory at Daytona. Yeah, I think that's the second year in a row he's won this race uh, and won the pole for the race as well. So... Had a good weekend. He he missed qualifying for the Daytona 500 on Thursday night. Wasn't able to race his way in. Um, didn't qualify on time and missed out on the duels. So I know he was pretty disappointed. Um, but he his wife and his kid were there all weekend. Um, so talk about a rebound going from missing the Daytona 500 on Thursday to winning the pole and Xfinity race on Saturday. I'd say overall it's a win-win for him. Pretty good bounce back. Yeah. Did you see how high on the fence he climbed up after the win? I, I did not. I I, I missed that. It's a, little, it's a little high, man. I think he could have given the flag waver a, a high five. You know, I, th I think he could. I think he could have get. That was a little. It, was, I, it scared me. It scared me a little bit. I'll yeah, say that. That's a long fall too. Like, and yeah. then you're, you're not even landing on the ground. You're going to hit the banking and keep going. Like yeah. with broken legs, you're going to continue to tumble down. Yeah, so. no, I'd stand on top of like the concrete wall and wave. That's I ain't climbing up that <laughs> fence, man. This isn't Jurassic Park. I've seen that yeah. one too many times. I know what happens when you climb up high on fences. Yeah, I don't even want to think about what kind of angle you'd be at getting. Like the higher you go, the more inverted you're going to be. I mean, he was he was up on the degree. fence. You know, at the top when it sort of curves over. Yeah. Like, he was he was up there. I'm like, I don't, and, and then he did like a pull up. He, he like he let his feet dangle and did like two or three pull-ups or something. And I'm like, hey, you know, I know that car, I know that fence is strong, but you know, a big guy like me gets up on top of that thing. That thing might come tumbling down. Yeah, you know? there's there's nothing you can't do on a little bit of adrenaline, Bryce. <laughs> that's, that's true. His, his brain probably had no concept of. Uh, I mean, and he just climbed out of a race car going 200 miles an hour. Like he could have been dead several times by this point. What's a little fence climb and a pull-up? <laughs> <laughs> so Austin Hill, the winner in the second straight season opener uh, at Daytona. He was in front of the largest crowd, largest crowd to ever witness an Xfinity Series race at Daytona since the $400 million renovation of the facility in 2016. So that's last year, I think we set viewership records for the Cup Series in Daytona. And this year we're setting attendance records for Xfinity at Daytona since the renovation. That's that's great to hear, and that's a great thing to see. Dude, the crowd all weekend was nuts. I mean, and by, like, I just remember this more, I knew it was gonna be a lot. Like, I knew they announced that the facility was sold out. Every seat and every campground spot that in the facility was completely sold out. And, like, obviously you're not gonna have a sellout attendance for the truck race and stuff, but just the, every time I turned around, there were more people there. On Sunday morning, I was running my tires from our uh, from our truck where I work on them to down on pit road where the pit crew starts laying them out how they want. And it was like 8.36 in the morning and I saw the very first fans in their seats in the grandstands. I'm like, the Daytona 500 doesn't start for six and a half more hours and these people are in their seats. Now, I don't know if they stayed there for six and a half, but they were there. Like, 
at 8.30 in the morning. And it That's just awesome. grew and grew and grew and grew. Like, we tried to line up for the national anthem, and we couldn't even find each other. Like, our, our team was so separated by people just everywhere that we couldn't even – we couldn't find each other. It was it was amazing. It was more people than I've ever seen in my life. And it was just, it was, the atmosphere was absolutely incredible the entire weekend. That's awesome. Everybody, everybody on Twitter that says NASCAR is dead, they haven't been a part of anything like that in their life. Because that was, that was there are no words for how incredible it, the atmosphere was with how many people there there. And, and it ta- you talk about, you know, a lot of people say NASCAR is dead. And, you know, I think there are numbers that show it's not dead by any means, but I think the viewership is going down. But I think NASCAR is making the right steps now. Like NASCAR, to their credit, is trying to do things to shake it up and to improve stuff. I mean, adding in, adding in racing in the rain, adding in more uh, road courses, adding in different ogles ovals going back to north wilkesboro getting rid of the stage not really getting rid of the stage racing but sort of getting rid of the stage racing stage um, breaks at road courses that yeah. was another cool and and so I, I think nascar is taking steps in the right direction to try to shake things up and try to get viewership back in there so um you know i'm i'm, I'm here for it man anything nascar wants to do is shake things up and try something different even if it doesn't work just them trying different things i think is healthy for the sport and i think it's going to help it grow uh, in, in, in the long run. Um, but Austin Hill led a race high 38 laps in Saturday's beef. It's what's for dinner 300 and was narrowly ahead of surging John Hunter Nemechek, uh, when the caution was called, that was one of the, I feel like every ending to this weekend was really exciting. But the truck series, the truck series race was fun, but the ending was kind of a letdown because it was a range shortened caution and on all that. But the Xfinity Series, the Cup Series, and the racing in the Truck Series was phenomenal at Daytona. I mean, they put on a great show. And as you know, you're in the entertainment business. So, you know, NASCAR has to be entertaining to people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I To a degree, the racing was great. I agree with you there. Uh, I think I disagree with you in the... I think all three races were pretty anticlimactic finishes. They, they turned into just crash fests at the end, which, you know, it's what happens. It's That's not a huge point of issue so much as your two premier, your, of your three premier series, none of them ended under green flag condition. None of the leaders took the, the checkered flag. We had the race shortened, rain shortened truck series, which you can't do anything about. Right, but it is what it is. Infinity and your cup series, your Daytona 500, I was, walking to the van we had already packed up i was already changed into shorts we were headed to the airplane during the final green white checkered i was walking through the the uh team parking lot towards our rental van and when they announced over the pa system that ricky stenhouse jr was your daytona 500 winner and i was like how absolutely crappy like how much that must suck that you're sitting there for the biggest our Super Bowl imagine if like the Super Bowl ended under a video review and we all just sat there in suspense like not knowing who won the game we don't know if this field goal was good or not it went right over the upright and they're debating it and we're all just sitting here waiting to find out did did this did the Kansas City Chiefs just kick a walk-off Super Bowl field goal or did the 49er is that who played yeah the 49ers yeah. no yeah. the eagles or did the eagles, the eagles yeah eagles the, the, the other team the other nfc team. other the, the other guys uh, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like if the super bowl was decided by a holding penalty that shouldn't have been thrown you know sort of like well, that. that would be nascar i think that'd be like if nascar issued a penalty on the last like somebody went below the yellow line and that's or a post-race penalty yeah exactly <laughs> that'd be even worse uh, but, so, like in the series of bad ways to end a race, it's not the worst. It, the worst would be a post-race disqualification, uh, which will never happen. Um, I don't know if uh, their nuts aren't in check. You know, people getting penalized for their not, nuts not the, being right. The Daytona 500 and the championship race at Phoenix or wherever it is uh, will never have a post-race DQ for the winner ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. I'll, so, I'll, so your car had NOS in it. Yeah, well, you can't disqualify me. Yeah, it's too late now. You should have caught it. You had all weekend to catch it. We went through tech 37 <laughs> times. I don't want to hear it now. 
Uh, honestly, that might be NASCAR's approach too. Like, I don't know how we didn't catch this all weekend. It, we're never going to talk about this again. Don't we're, you we're not going to punish you for our yes. mistake. We will. We will. We owe you one, and we will get ours. But it ain't going to be tonight. Go enjoy your win. You were going a half mile an hour too fast on pit road the next week. I, you got to come in, guys. You got yeah, to no, come in. They would nail them with some made up. Uh, <laughs> but it ain't uh, DQ. But yeah, just you're, the, the Xfinity race. Also, you had three cars parked in the front trioval waiting to find out who was the winner. And they announced it on the PA system. And then their Cup Series. They wrecked on the backstretch. There was a video review. Joey Logano. Drama. The drama yeah. is the suspense it builds. Joey Logano took the checkered flag first. Uh, <laughs> even though the race had been long under caution, Joey Logano technically crossed the finish line under caution to win. Not that I'm saying he should have won because I understand how it breaks down, but I'm just saying like the, you don't know who won the race uh, and you have to wait for it to be like our biggest race of the year. I don't know, especially with it going over 500 miles. I think it kind of just cheeses up the prestige of it i think maybe for the daytona 500 you get rid of your green white checkered if we're running 500 miles when 500 miles is up yeah we have our winner whoever it's that over. is yeah. um and i understand maybe that's not the most exciting thing that could possibly happen but we have a lot more less torn up race cars uh and i mean once once the calamity starts with the green white checkers who knows how long it's going to go for it, it could go for an infinity amount of, i yeah. think there were multiple attempts i don't like again i was i was trying to get out of the speedway i did not see the end of the race um kind of anticlimactic for me as well but it, that's just part of the game my side of the game that i'm in now um but yeah i just I, i'm disappointed that that our biggest race of the year had a the winner announced over the PA system that, that the fans didn't have that walk-off moment of, of cheering. And then, yeah, we'll hit on another subject later when we talk about the Cup Series because we're not even there yet, but we'll... Yeah, I mean, sort of to wrap up the Xfinity <laughs> Series, rookie Parker Retzleff finished a career-best fourth, followed by Matt Schneider, Riley Herbst, Joe Graff Jr., Ryan C., Cole Custer, and Justin Haley completed the top 10 and you know the aforementioned cup series ricky stenhouse jr wins the longest daytona 500 ever and then promptly went to waffle house for a post victory dinner i mean props to him is that one of the greatest things that, ever it's pretty take, legendary took the daytona 500 Who trophy just just, he stole that idea from somebody who just won something trevor like lawrence made, trevor that's right went to waffle but, house after the Jags but Trevor won. Lawrence didn't have a trophy. He didn't have I know, that. I know, Dude, but, just but yeah, I, I, in. I get that. But that he definitely ripped off the Waffle House idea. I, Dude, I, I'm here for it. If that's the new trend, if that's yeah, the new yeah. trend, that yeah, after, I mean, after winning something the massive, 500, do whatever you want. If, I goes mean, to Waffle House. Yep. I'm, I'm here for, for it. it. Yeah, Brings the trophy the, with him. That's 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 awesome. That trophy took up an entire table too. Sat that thing down and yeah. like there's it's, it's like huge. a forty pound trophy. You can tell with them walking through the door. It ain't no it it ain't hollow inside. That's no. No. You remember do you ever do you ever watch those strongman competitions when you were yeah. a little kid on, yeah. and they were yeah. pick, picking up the Atlas ESPN. Stones? Yeah. yeah. And there's yeah, no that's other what, sports on. That's what it reminded me of is like those yeah. strongmen picking up the Atlas Stones. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is the winner takes the trophy to Waffle House. Stenhouse and reigning NASCAR Cup Series champion Joey Logano were battling for the lead on lap 212 when contact from Eric Almirola's Ford started Travis Pastrana's Toyota spinning into turn two. Pastrana's Camry flipped. The Chevrolet of Kyle Larson was sent rocketing into the outside wall. Travis Pastrana had a really fantastic Daytona 500. Yeah. Um, I mean, mostly a survival one till yeah. I guess the very end I, I you'll have to speak to this i didn't see this uh i guess i heard that eric said he didn't touch him uh i don't know if he did or not i don't i don't know i did not see this i uh, thought he did i thought he hit so, him but so you, yeah. you if that's your opinion great <laughs> uh, <laughs> sucks um, for sucks for pastrana we were pitted so immediate in our pit box immediately to our right 
was the Pastrana team, and immediately to our left was Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s team, uh, the 47 team. Nice. So, so it was it was a cool environment. With like we kind of vibe with those guys. I kind of wish I was in. We were still in our pit box to see the 47 guys celebrate and give them a congratulations. Um, that would have been cool, but we were long gone at that point. But yeah, so um, Pastrana had a good race. They were in it all day. Uh, mostly from a survival aspect, but they were around at the end, and that's all. I mean, that's more than we can say. So and that's pretty talented. When Pastrana, it, that's his first ever Daytona 500, and just the fact that he's able to survive a pretty. I mean, and and he finished all 212 laps, and he yeah. he finished 11th. Like, I was very impressed by the way Pastrana was able to dodge all all of the wrecks all weekend long. Really, yes, um, he he carried himself well all weekend. Yeah, I mean the two time the two the the one of the duels he was in he got he got wrecked. I mean it was part of when uh, Suarez spun out spun out Bush and, and Pastrana was just collected in that and, and the same thing in the five hundred Pastrana raced really. I wish is this the only race all season that Pastrana's yep. gonna race? Yep, um, and, it, and it may be his last NASCAR race ever. It was kind of from my understanding it was like a bucket list thing. It was a deal they got worked out with the Black Rifle Coffee guys. Um, and and it's his only only race on the schedule this year and they, i guess they asked him would he be with with such a good finishing position would he consider another and i guess his immediate answer was no like uh -huh. this this was it uh, i came here and did what i wanted to do this it was the experience i was after i've done it it's on to my next thing so that's a bummer but that that is the mo for pastrana i mean pastrana's yeah. race he's done everything everything, like, everything. Yeah. NASCAR, NHRA, dirt bikes, rallycross. I mean, yeah, Pastrana's done everything, and he's been successful to to a certain degree at everything he's done. So I, I was hoping he might stick around for a little bit longer and do another race. But uh, but I understand that that's you know Travis Pastrana kind of bouncing around, getting experience uh, to experience. Um, Stenhouse is the first driver from a single car team to win the Great American Race since Trevor Bain did it and shocked the racing world. Uh, back in 2011 with the Wood Brothers racing. And uh, the win was Stenhouse's third in the Cup Series and the first since he took the checkered flag in Daytona at the summer race in 2017, snapping a streak of 199 races without a victory. JTG Daughtry hadn't found victory lane since Almendinger trophied at Watkins Glen in 2014, a drought of 267, 66 races. So two big droughts end with a Daytona 500 victory for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, and that's the that's the prestige around the Daytona 500, right? Anybody can win it. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful manner, but this week when we go to California, uh, JTG Doherty isn't probably going to be a contender for the win. And that's not, I'm not trying to be rude or disparaging by saying that. It's just, that's, you know, that's the, the beauty of restrictor plate yeah. racing. The the plate racing and Whatever road courses and road courses create a opportunity for teams like that. Like you just said, their last victory was at a road course. They're 266 races later. They I don't want to say luck into a Daytona 500, but to a degree, it is it is luck. I mean, you need, yeah. I mean, my team had bad luck. We had speed. We didn't have luck. That's that's the product of it. You mm -hmm. you move. I mean, you. You control the things you can control, and you don't worry about the rest. You just hope the luck's on your side, and you have a chance late. And we that, didn't, and they did, and they cashed in on it. Which it, it it's not easy, even when the races are not everyone's competitive. It's still not easy. If anything, it's it's its own degree of challenging because everybody is competing. Like this weekend, maybe you'll have six or eight cars that really have a legitimate shot to win the race, and you'll know who those cars are pretty early into the race like we're on lap 155 of the daytona 500 and we have not the slightest clue in the world who's gonna win like it's every car i mean chase elliott i think and tyler reddick i think we knew at those point those cars weren't gonna win and ryan blaney i think we had three cars that we could pretty safely assume we're not gonna win the daytona 500 with 40 laps to go um but but the rest it was on so props to them uh it's a big deal um, I think Denny Hamlin said on his podcast that it's like a, a, a net $3 million after you consider the purse and where they're going to be in the standings because they're going to make the playoffs. Um, it's, it's like a net $3 million win for that team. Wow. That's, <clears throat> geez. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Ricky Stenhouse, you got anything else to add on the Daytona 500, man? Your thoughts? How'd it go? I know you didn't get really watch the ending because you were working. That's you, you get a different aspect of it this year. Uh, you get a yeah. different different viewpoint from the NASCAR races. No, I mean it, it was fun. Like I said, I for me personally, that was my first ever Daytona 500. I've never been to one in person at any point in my life. I've been to Daytona because I went to the 24 hours. Um, a couple of years ago to watch the debut of the Ford GTs. Um, so I've been there before. So it's not like seeing Daytona was new. I've even been there since it was renovated. The 16 was the, the unveiling of the Daytona rising. So I've seen it in its current state. Um, but just the, the, I was there. I wanted to make sure that I appreciate the experience because everything, like I said, we control what we control. Our car was fast enough to win the race. That's that's all we can ask for. It was prepared as as much as we could do, and we just had to hope that we were around for the finish, and we weren't. We, we It was cool to almost win stage one. Uh, we won the battle off pit road with a four-tire stop. We beat Keselowski off. We were the leaders of the Daytona 500. It was cool to see my car scored first in the Daytona 500. Awesome awesome weekend awesome experience we didn't have the luck on our side we were involved in a wreck that we didn't start so you i mean it is what it is right uh, we'll move on but just just the experience itself will always be special that was it was special regardless of the result um just because everything that we could control went fantastic and had a strong and, car yeah oh yeah no yeah. that, that yeah, car had a strong car that's after the clash where we lost a fuel pump um and the daytona 500 where we were in a wreck that's the second we've done two races and after both races the 41 team has walked away saying we had a car fast enough to win the race like a thousand percent we yeah. could have won we could be two for two like and and obviously races are really hard to win it's a lot easier to be zero for two than two for two but <laughs> you control the things you can control and and some of them will go your way right and Optimism on the 41 car is very high right now. Um, Ryan Priest can drive a freaking race car, man, and we're excited. Yeah, Priest can drive, and y'all have gave him some fantastic cars. I didn't get to watch. How did how did the duels go for for y'all? I didn't I didn't get to watch y'all in the duels. Uh, so we there was a wreck in front of us, and we the when Kyle Busch was turned by Daniel Suarez, Daniel Suarez straight in straight into the wall, and it kind of we were mid-pack at the time and we wound oh, up having I did to watch that, that yeah yeah we wound yeah. up having to go through the grass to miss the wreck which kind of destroyed the underside underbody of the car which we can replace and we did replace it so ultimately we had some scan issues going through tech because of like a height deal where everything didn't line up super great because of the damage um, but nascar worked with us on that uh they let it they told us they gave us basically a freebie on Saturday to go through tech when it didn't count uh, so we could see where we were at. So that Sunday when we, it did count, when it mattered, um, we were a little bit closer. We still failed tech on Sunday morning, but we were so close that basically we went once we went back to the garage, we, we had no doubt that the adjustment we made got us within tolerance. And we passed tech the second time. And, it, and NASCAR wasn't, you know, it's not like... They, they know what, because what, we had to go to them and be like, look, this is this is broken, this is broken, this is broken. Can we change this? Because you're not even allowed to. It, every adjustment has to be approved by NASCAR. And so NASCAR come and looked at the car and we showed them the scans and they gave us permission to change everything. So NASCAR, it's not like they're these, um, I don't know, controlling, crazy, in charge they're just bossing everybody around it's like they're, they're, they understood what was wrong with the car that everybody was communication was good between us and nascar officials um so it it, it went well the the duel could have gone better if we didn't rip the splitter off and damage the underwing but uh again you'll have that we the, the car was fast he was happy with it i think the only thing we were disappointed with all weekend is i think we felt like we were faster than we showed in qualifying. I think we really thought we were going to move to round two um, with the top 10 and, and should have. Uh, I think we were a little disappointed, but again, after, unless you're on the front row, it doesn't really matter. And Hendrick Motorsports and their witchcraft 
to somehow win the poll for the 70,000th Daytona 500. <laughs> I don't I don't know what they have going on, but those Chevys up that fast. And yeah. like at no point were we worried about the Chevys all like it's almost like a foregone conclusion like yeah, the Fords, the Chevys are going to win the poll, but the Fords are going to sweep the duels and be the be the car to manufacture to beat in the 500. And it kind of was that. And um there was a nice representation know. of all the manufacturers in the top five. You had you had two Chevys, two Fords, and a Toyota. You had everybody up there. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I would have. I mean, obviously, if you could do anything different, I would have loved to see what we could have done if we'd been around at the end of the race. Um, had, a, had, a, had a strong car. We had a, we had, had, a, had a, fast a really fast car. That uh, when Priest and Keselowski got together. Uh, he he made a comment on the radio that was like, if we could run one two all day, nobody could touch us. I mean that that Priest felt like he and the six were the two fastest cars in Daytona with clean air up front. He could push really well. Um, I think he preferred to push Keselowski. Keselowski's a bit aggressive. You don't really want him behind you, but the six car was fast. So and those uh-huh. Ford cars push better than the Toyotas yeah. or the Chevys because of the shape of their nose. I was yep. reading an article and listening to uh, to something about that. They said that the shape of the Ford nose is better to push cars in the draft um, than the Chevys because of, like the pointiness of the Chevys yeah. or, or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that makes sense. Yeah. But Daytona, you leave that in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the rear view mirror, head out to California this weekend to Fontana. Uh, the schedule looks like this on Saturday at 12.05. Practice for the Xfinity on hold FS1. On, hold on, hold on, yep. hold on, hold on, hold on, yep. hold on. Yeah, all right. What time does the cup race start on Sunday? Cup race on Sunday starts at 3.30 p.m. Okay, that is the only thing on the schedule you need to waste your time reading today. The forecast is 90, like 99% chance of rain through the weekend. Really? Um, so there will be no on-track activity. Um, like Saturday is almost a complete washout. They're calling for two inches of rain, a high of like 40 degrees and 20 mile an hour winds that you will not, don't turn to NASCAR coverage on Saturday. Wow. Go out, do something with, if you live in the South and it's nice, do something with your family. Don't worry be nice. about have yeah. good weather down here. Don't worry about what's happening at the racetrack because we will be sitting outside freezing uh, until they cancel all on-track activities. I think the rain is supposed to stop early Sunday morning, and because of the track surface of California, it will be a race to dry that track and get it race ready to start the Cup race on time, at best. Do uh, they have lights out there at Fontana? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I think Fontana is lit. Um, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, I'm but not either sure. Way, either I'm way, say it's not, but you might be right. Um, either way, we will be we will be up against getting the race in on time on Sunday. Nothing else this weekend matters. Um, just be happy that you're not going to be having to prep 80 tires in the pouring rain um it does have lights and okay. i'm assuming i'm assuming this is too big too fast of a raceway for for rain oval tires right i assume oh yeah yeah there yeah. will be no there will be no rain tires at auto club that's um, what i figured yeah the next um, chance we could race in the rain i think is phoenix and in two weeks and it okay. usually doesn't rain in arizona no um, no you need those you need those windshield wipers just mm-hmm. in case yeah. It does. So yeah, yeah, a bunch of stuff happening on Saturday. It looks like it's going to be a whitewash. Everything yeah. is good. So are they? Are they just going to cancel the Xfinity Series race? No, what are they going to do with that? Run it. They'll have to figure out how to run it. They may run it after the Cup Series race if that's an option. They may, if if it's if they get. I mean, if a miracle happens and it starts raining at midnight, stops raining at midnight on Saturday, and they have all night to drive the track, they may consider running the Xfinity race at like 10, 11 a.m. Uh, Lo- here today, lo- 10 a.m. No, no, no oh. it'd be local, so it'd be. Uh, it'd be well, warm. no, it could be. Yeah, it could be like eight, nine in the morning there when they run the Xfinity race. Oh. Uh, no, 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 because California has an ordinance where you can't create a certain decibel before a certain time. Uh, <laughs> That's the most California thing week, ever. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Uh, they're, I, they're handicapped by legal uh, restrictions of when they could start, but. 
they'll have to run the that you could have a Sunday back to back. I don't know. Uh, they they definitely will not cancel it. They'll have to run it, even if it's like Monday. You could slap the mufflers. You could slap the mufflers on the Xfinity car and the Cup Series car, like they're going to run at the Clash and the the Chicago Street Street Course. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, we have to do that anywhere but those two tracks, and I don't <laughs> think they want to do that because they had several problems uh, with. I mean, that's the Ty Gibbs car catching on fire in qualifying or practice, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a muffler related issue. Uh, a bunch of drivers got like carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it went very badly. All for uh, the sake of sound. Yeah, and and newsflash: the race cars were still super loud. Uh, <laughs> so I can tell you that from firsthand experience. I mean, there was an audible difference, but mostly like when the, you crank the car at idle, you could tell that it's a softer note. But when they're wide open on the throttle and there's 28 of them going in, I mean, in a, in a cereal bowl, that the place dome, was it, loud. Almost, yeah, almost it was loud dome. as hell. Like, there was, <laughs> uh, nobody in that stand didn't know there. I mean, only if they had not announced the cars had mufflers, nobody would have known. And no, it wouldn't have been a big deal. And they should have <laughs> just gone that route. Because it created a Twitter meltdown over people that will never know the difference. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's all the NASCAR news for this week. Like I said, three thirty Sunday, we're supposed to have the Cup Series race. We'll see what the rain does. Um, no Indy, yeah, yeah, we hope no Indy car news really to talk about right now. That series will kick off, I think. It, when does that? When does Indy car start? Saint Eight Petersburg months? in March. That's all. March, I know. March, Saint Petersburg in March. Sort of same with the F one. Uh, I was just going to run down the F1 teams real quick. Some stuff that changed over the offseason. Alfa Romeo is going to have Botas and Guan Yu Zhou still racing for him. Alfa Tauri, Nick DeVries, interested to see what he can do in an F1 uh, seat in Yuki Tsunoda. Alpine's going to have Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. Aston Martin with Lance Stroll mm-hmm. and Fernando Alonso. That's an interesting pairing between a former <laughs> world champion and someone who shouldn't be in an F1 driver's seat at all in Lance Stroll. Uh, He's moved for, who Lance Stroll? Yeah, why's that? Wasn't he at Williams? Lance Stroll? No, he's always been at Austin Martin. Has he? Yeah, okay. his dad owns it. Well, who were they before that? Before they were Aston Martin, who were they? They were weren't they Racing Point? I don't right? know. I think they were Racing Point before it, them. There, I know there's only 20 of them, but it changes every year, and I forget. Constantly, constantly yeah. changes. Yeah, the, the, the turnover in F1 is insane. It's nuts, and like like the liveries, like one team will have one livery, and then the next season they'll have another livery, but it'll look identical to <laughs> another see, team's livery from last year. Did you see Aston Martin's livery reveal? And everybody yes. was like, "It's the same." They didn't. Yeah. Why even do it? Like it's the same what, thing. What was did, the point? They changed nothing. Did you see Mercedes? No, uh, I, and they brought back the black, right? They did, and it yeah. looks sleek, man. Yeah. It looks so. I wish speak, Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, and, and Carlos Sainz Jr. Again, I wish Ferrari would go with that whatever it was, 50th anniversary, 100th anniversary, where they raced at Imola. It was like the darker red. It was yeah. almost like a dark cherry red. I wish that would be their normal colors because that is gorgeous, man. Absolutely beautiful brilliant pops off the uh the livery for haas kevin magnuson and nico holkenberg are going to be the driver pairing this year what do you what think about pair. no shumi the uh, well i'm i mean i'm fine with those are both experienced f1 drivers like absolutely obviously i i it is, it'll be a long shot for haas to win a race uh you'll need something you never wild know, to happen, which can happen i mean it does yeah. it has happened crazier things have happened mercedes um, had an entire year last year where they didn't win a grand prix like yeah that, that, to me, is crazier than Haas winning a Grand Prix this year. And, and Haas did win a pole last year, and it came in like a freak deal, but but it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, you can't take it away. Like, they still have a pole on record. Yep. Um, Two years ago, so, Williams got a podium at Spa. So that's right. Yeah. Crazy things happen. So there are, and there are tracks that favor Haas. They run usually really good at the Red Bull ring. Uh, like that, they finished fourth and fifth at the Red Bull ring on speed one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 20, I think. So that not that long ago. I, it'll be a long shot for them to win a race, but two drivers that don't have the greatest history of working together, that's for certain. Uh, <laughs> they, they certainly, I, think, I don't think before they were teammates, they ever swapped Christmas cards. Uh, in fact, <laughs> there's be a, interesting. a very famous altercation 
that happened between those two on live TV. <laughs> uh, It'll be interesting to say the least for Haas yeah. this year. So we'll, we'll see how they get along. Gunther Steiner still in in charge, but yeah, well, three, you know, Gunther uh, don't play no games. So. No, no, he he doesn't. Uh, well, uh, uh, that, what I thought it was incredible in that Drive to Survive show where it showed Gunther just laying into that like <laughs> the the driver like I mean he just told him like you guys make you us suck like idiots yeah yeah get a hold of yourselves like we, we look like a bunch of vankers I know you're a bunch of rich kids that, that have never been told what to do before but y'all Steiner does not care oh, Gunther he, Steiner does not care yeah. I love it dude I drive to survive you're gonna put about- the theme first and you're gonna shut up and like it comes out in three days uh the new the new season of drive to survive comes yep. out or in, either the 24th or 25th it's this week i forget i forget what day it is yeah uh so that's the haas pairing this year the mclaren pairing lando norris and oscar P- oscar piastri interested to see what oscar piastri does lando norris i feel like needs to take a step up man lando's sort of been like this guy in waiting for a couple years and just sort of hasn't hasn't made that next step interesting to see what mclaren does they were terrible last year so hopefully that car is a little bit better um, Mercedes, Hamilton, and George Russell. Uh, I think, in my opinion, that's the strongest driver pairing on the grid. I think it's I think it's better than what we're going to talk about next. Red Bull, Max Verstappen, and Sergio that would Perez. Be the only competition. Yeah, I mean, I think Max is better than Lewis and George right now, just driving ability wise. I, I think Max is a little bit better than both of them. Um, but I think the pairing of Hamilton and George Russell. Oh, I think it's a better pairing um, than than Sergio Perez. There's a bigger gap between Checo and Verstappen than there is Hamilton and Russell, I think. For sure, for sure. And that gap might be a different way than a lot of people would probably expect it this season. I'm interested to see what Hamilton has coming out this year. Um, But George Russell is a a damn impressive driver. Um, I'm a huge George Russell fan. I love George Russell. Uh, and then and then the team that I will be cheering for the hardest that will be in 19th and 20th place in every single race we watch. Uh, Williams will have Alexander Albon, who I like Albon. He's not really a great driver, but he, I, I like the guy. He seems he seems like a, a decent human. Uh, and then Logan Sargent. We have a we have a dude from, from the USA, man. Logan. I was really hoping Haas was going to pick him up. So we had an American manufacturer with an American driver. But Logan Sargent with Williams. Super excited. I can't wait to cheer him on a 20th place and him be out in uh, Q1 every single qualifying. Did, so. you, did you see him say uh, to the media that he thinks Formula One will overtake NASCAR in popularity in America? In no. It's sooner than later. I think what his exact quote was sooner than later. Um, you know I, why? Because why? they have, they because they, A, you can watch their races without commercials in 4K uh, and um, they have a documentary film crew that follows them, none of which we have. We have 720p, uh, or <laughs> I think 720 uploads. Yeah, 720 yeah. upload. Uh, and then we kind of we have the crew with Kevin. Um, that our Netflix show is called The Crew with what's that guy's name? Kevin McGandy. Kevin James. Uh, the dude from Chuck and Larry. Oh yeah, Kevin, Kevin Chuck James. James. Chuck James? No, no. Chuck no, James is a pitcher for the Braves, or was it, a pitcher for the Braves? Wasn't Chuck James? I don't know. I don't. We're know. getting way. I, don't, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. That um, terrible I, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, <laughs> it's a terrible comedy show. It's not okay. funny. At all. I watched. I gave it a shot just because I try to be supportive of the industry. Because if our numbers look good on Netflix, and then maybe Netflix takes it more seriously, it was an awful show. Uh, I sat through every episode just so I could be a down <laughs> Like I, I took one for the team on that deal. Um, I uh, I don't disagree with Logan Sargent. You know what? I can't say that I do either. And honestly, if you're a NASCAR fan, hear me out. That may not be a bad thing because Formula One does a lot of things right. And NASCAR could learn a thing or two from from the Formula One style. Their marketing, yeah. their marketing is better than ours. Their prestige is better than ours. They take themselves more seriously than we do. They're, they're, now their politics are worse than ours. Their oh, politics for, are for sure. The, it's a, I describe F one as as days of our lives on a racetrack. Yes, That's, it is. Yeah, it is pretty cutthroat. Like for for us in the garage, and I've only have a couple of weeks of experience with this, but it's it's very. I don't want to say laid back, but like we spend so much time on the road with all these people. Like even the guy who does the tires for the six car. I'm just sitting here shooting this crap with him on sunday morning before the daytona 500 and we're like 
you wouldn't know that we're not friends. Like, and uh, and that I don't feel like that there's camaraderie and atmosphere in Formula One like that. It's very much politically and even and, among teams. Yes, uh, that's why it's very serious. But so I don't want to say they have everything better than us, but. They do have a legitimate points championship. They're not an entertainment industry. They are very serious competition. And that model of marketing and competition, we could we could do better at on, on both ends. And, and they're not and they're not gonna go up in the same time mm-hmm. slot either, ninety per ninety to ninety-five percent of the times on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, most of the time slots are gonna be very early for F one and and so it's not like you're gonna be competing other than maybe two or three races a year for the same time slot. Um, so yeah, I think I would love to see all of motorsport sort of come together and learn from each other. IndyCar, F1, and NASCAR. It's never going to happen um, because yeah. they're way too proud to to do that. But it, I, I think all the motorsports could learn from each other and and, and take some take some things away uh, from it. So yeah, uh, you got any uh, you got any final thoughts for uh, episode one, season two of Track mm-hmm. Talk? No, I don't know how long we've gone. I know it's this is going to be a pretty long episode, but it's the we'll welcome go as long back. as we want. It's our podcast. It's, it is our podcast, and <laughs> it's the welcome back. There's a little bit more to discuss, but uh, hopefully we get the race in on Sunday, and I'm home uh, sometime early Monday morning. From the clash, I landed. We landed in Concord, North Carolina at 5.05 a.m. Eastern time. And I got home just in time to grab a quick shower, make a cup of coffee, and get the boys up for school. Uh, so you're going to rack up those sky miles this year, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a five-hour flight, one fuel stop. We stopped in Oklahoma City on the way out, Amarillo, Texas on the way back. Um, yeah, so if you have any Netflix recommendations, uh, I need all the entertainment I can get for these plane flights, these, cause I've got three, essentially nine, uh, two, four, six, five hour flights coming up in the next three weeks. I'll, I'll so, be sending them over for yeah, sure. I, yeah. I'm going to go drive to survive some. coming out. So that'll, that'll eat up a couple flights. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yeah. So that's um, good. But, but yeah. So for episode one, season two of almost call it drive to survive TM five's track talk, He is Matt Ridgway. I am Bryce Farley, and we will see y'all next week. Same time, same place.